most of what you do honestly with marketing is experimentation. That's how you figure out the stuff that works. There is no crystal ball, no matter how much data you can get from Google Analytics or this system or that system, you're always having to make assumptions and test them. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Marketing Blender Show. I'm Dacia. And I'm Daisy. Now today, we are going a little bit more on the soft side of things, but it is crucially important. We are talking about marketing and mindset. And I love this because people, I think, overcomplicate or um, don't take marketing seriously. So two extremes on that spectrum. But marketing is about human communication. And so if your own mindset is not in the proper frame, it's really difficult to steward words and really connect in a way that resonates with other humans. So I am thrilled that we're going into this topic today. I am too. And it's not just that it's about that human to human communication, but it's also a really difficult role to be in. And you have to have mindset mastery if you're going to make it in this world. Yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting. Like I did a speaking engagement with a group of CEOs um, last week and I was telling them stories and you and I both have these that when we do keynotes or when we're doing training sessions for large groups of professional marketers, there's a lot of bitterness about being set up for failure, being overwhelmed, you know, being expected to be able to deliver this amazing level of creativity with a to-do list that is just not reasonable. And they don't know how to unbury themselves, but this is at the heart of mindset. It is. It's one thing to be underappreciated and overworked. And it's another thing to resign yourself to that. Yes, good call. Okay, so the first one that I put on our list is I put that the number one thing, and I want leaders and marketers alike to hear about this, is getting into your empathy and your humanity. And what I mean is it's not about you. It's not what do you think we should do and what, what should we say, but it's not about you. I mean, here's what I'm talking about, you guys, is that the existence of your business, the delivery of your service and your product was designed to meet the needs, goals, and challenges of other human beings. So guess what? Your marketing should do the same thing. Too often we hear, well, what do we say? Or how do we stand out? Or how do we differentiate? But your marketing should not be talking about you. It should be talking about the value that you bring for other people. And this is actually a mindset component because you have to give yourself permission to get out of the stress and strain of your own point of view and walk in other people's shoes. You do, and especially because marketing has to navigate such a complicated landscape internally with their own team with the sales team, with the C-suite, bringing that human empathy into every interaction and every step of the communication journey is incredibly important. It's a great point, and it's almost a secret weapon for alignment because then it's not a sales point of view or an operations point of view or a marketing point of view. It is literally a specific customer point of view that everyone is being challenged to think about how do we walk in their shoes. Okay, so what do you have next on the list? Marketing really does require the mindset of patience and determination. 
it's a marathon, it's definitely not a sprint. So having the long-term thinking mindset is going to be incredibly important for helping you go the distance. You have to know that you're not going to see results tomorrow or the next day. This is a cumulative effort and you have to have that iron will to see things through to the bitter end. And it really does pay off because as you start seeing the, the fruits of your labor and the benefits of executing diligently and consistently, that's going to be the thing that feeds back into a positive mindset. It's such a great point. And you know, you are not suggesting, oh, marketing can't drive short-term results. You're just saying that's not the only goal because frequently we talk about revenue, reputation, and resilience. And so marketing should be building upon itself for the long term and building that resilience. And, you know, there is a webinar that you and I talked about this where too often people look at marketing where they're trying to build a puzzle or fit a puzzle piece together, right? Like I'm just trying to find the one thing that's going to work, but instead it should be a staircase to success. Like that's a more appropriate metaphor where you are thinking long-term, like you said, where sure, let's put something in that addresses a short-term need, but it needs to be foundational enough that once built, it creates a system that you can build upon and start to mature your whole process. It's true. If you're thinking about tactics for short-term success, you can always find a tactic that's going to give you a short bump, but then you're stuck on the hamster wheel of, well, what have you done for me lately? And that's what marketers have to face over and over again. People forget the great thing you did last month. What have you done now? But if you're thinking strategically, yes, you can see short-term gains, but it's that long-term legacy of marketing success that makes you more secure in your job, makes you more valued, makes you that cornerstone of business growth and health that marketing should be. You know, I think some of our, my favorite conversations and possibly some of our most provocative internal conversations come from zooming out because the other thing about a long-term mindset that I find is you can start to see trends. Okay, well, the thing that worked two years ago isn't working anymore in asking questions like why or why not and what's happening and what are we seeing that is the transformation or the change that's happening in human hearts and human minds. And then you can start to apply and project, oh, this is where we're headed. And it can actually bring better insights, you know, in regards to the rationale that you bring to the table as well. It can. I think we were going to also talk about why marketing should be about thinking big, not just thinking long-term. Amen. Dive into that one for me. Let's go. So we want you guys to be thinking like visionaries. Now, I do not want you to get overwhelmed by this idea. Like what? Visionary thinking? Like that's so broad or I'm not a visionary. But you should be thinking what's the potential? What's the possibility? What is if too often we get trapped into the to-do list, but you need to be thinking, how do we change the game for people? How do we create progress? How do you cast a vision for your potential customers that actually helps them progress towards their goals? And then how do you bring that visionary thinking into your marketing because you are vision casting for people about what's the possibility that working with your company can provide for their future. I'd also like to address really quickly the importance of having a positive outlook as a marketer. Yes. And it can be hard to do. When you have a positive outlook, 
in your role in marketing, you're the person who's always looking for how things can go right, because that opens up a massive amount of creativity. There are lots of other people in your organization who have the role and responsibility of being highly risk averse, very cautious, always looking for what can go wrong. If you do that as a marketer, you will never make progress. You need to be the person who has a solution for every problem and not a problem for every solution. I agree. And, you know, the combination of positive outlook, you can't be a visionary without it. You can't be bold without it. Because I think one of the things that is so closely aligned with both of those in several of the other topics we're going to talk about in just a minute curiosity. If you are constantly worried about risk or playing it safe, you never give yourself the space to be curious about what if and what are some ideas that we haven't tested. And just just the opportunity to follow that natural inclination towards um, new ideas and new thinking. And it's not so much about launching, right? You're not going to launch every weird or cool or big idea that you have, but giving yourself the freedom and the optimism to be able to be curious enough to bring cool, interesting, unique, creative thinking to the table is huge. And you cannot do that with a negative or fearful attitude. And you do need to be risk aware, just not risk averse. Yes. Because almost everything, every mistake that can be made with marketing, it can actually be corrected. You can course correct. The one mistake you cannot correct is deciding to do nothing because that time is gone forever. By this point, you guys have figured out that both Daisy and I are chief marketing officers, but what you might not realize is there's a whole team of us at the Marketing Blender, and we also have outsourced marketing teams. So if you're curious about how we break revenue plateaus, how we untangle sticky messaging, and how we make sure to drive exciting return on investment and profitable growth, check us out at themarketingblender.com. But it's not just for mid-market companies. We've also figured out how to scale it down for small businesses too. The Marketing Blender Lab is our program just for small businesses looking to hit their first million in revenue. You still get to work with a real chief marketing officer, and we use the same structures and systems that work to grow big businesses to help you meet and exceed your goals. So again, if you're interested, check out themarketingblender.com. See you there. Silence. That's right. Complete missed opportunity. Your voice not being out there, your personality not being out there, your solutions not being out there, not having a presence. You're absolutely right. Consistency and consistency allows you to course correct much more uh, aggressively, honestly, like even if you do make a misstep, but most people build up major missteps in their mind way bigger than what actually happens in the market normally. So that's true. Now, I know you're really good at cultivating space to work on mindset. <laughs> at least you've gotten better at that in the years that I've known you. <laughs> I, I thank <laughs> but you it's for on that. Purpose. I work really hard to contain my email to definitely um, implement self-growth and self-awareness components and even stepping away from the computer. One of the things that I've realized about my creativity is it does not happen behind a keyboard. So really diving into where do you do your best work? And there's different levels of best, you guys, right? So my creative work does is not look like looking at a screen. I literally have to turn away from the from that 
glare and grab a pen and just close my eyes and think, okay, if I'm just contemplating this question, what does it look like? I do this before brainstorm sessions, that type of thing. But then also where some of my personal curiosity and innovation creativity comes from is by collecting different things, right? So I know my personal best practices for research, for ideation, for getting things done, but that creates space. It is so easy to be addicted to your to-do list and addicted to busyness, but busyness does not create effectiveness. So yeah, this one is a huge one to me. And I think marketers in particular really have so many details and so many things that you can always put on your to-do list that you can get buried and space becomes so much more important and very unlikely to show up unless you do it on purpose. I think one of the things that keeps marketers shackled to their to-do list is a perfectionist attitude and fear of failure is actually one of the biggest challenges for marketers to overcome with their mindset because most of what you do honestly with marketing is experimentation. That's how you figure out the stuff that works. There is no crystal ball, no matter how much data you can get from Google Analytics or this system or that system, you're always having to make assumptions and test them. So not everything's going to work. And it's like famous basketball players who (laughs) miss more shots than they make. The things that people are going to remember, if you're consistent in embracing failure, failing forward, failing faster, failing in a way that helps you make better decisions next time, taking those learnings and applying them, they're going to see the success and not the mistakes. Completely agree. And you know what? I say go ahead and predict your failure. And you're amazing at this. Like, make, like go ahead and set up a test. Set up a test. Because if you're testing A versus B, one of them's going to fail. And it's fine. And that's progress, you know, and so head, not hedging your bets, but literally building that predicted failure in so that it does create progress for you versus, oh, everything is hinging on this. And so much in addition to the experimentation is evolution, right? So the Chick-fil-A cows, good Lord, they've been around for decades at this at this point. But if you read the history of that initial brand campaign, It was billboards based on a specific limited budget that they needed to do. And the cows actually came as an evolution that that creative director tried different things and then just started watching slowly as the market started responding. And then eventually we have the cows, but they didn't start with what it looks like now, but it was not being scared to fail, putting something out there and then just listening to the response in the market. That's true. And if you go back, you know, a year in the past and look at our first podcast doesn't look like it looked like right now but we weren't going to wait and be like oh we have everything perfect and then and then we launch you launch you learn you launch you learn as long as you're creating value along the way and learning and getting better that's what matters absolutely so i think this is a perfect segue into our next one which is humility now i want to set up some context because it's a great segue to be talking about failure but humility is not about being okay with what you're not strong with like that's part of it but it's also the confidence to own where you are strong humility is simply truth about who you are both the positives and some of the shortcomings and so really owning who you are and this is such a huge mindset is being strong 
in your truth and bringing that to the table. Humility is critical. So obviously you need that to be able to have the resilience, you know, and the fortitude to get through failures or to have the long-term mindset, right? But for you, where do you go when you think about humility as an important key to successful mindset with marketing? For me, I think it's important to remember that I can learn something from every single person. Amen. Maintaining the humility to recognize I don't know it all, never will know it all, don't need to know it all. I can learn from watching other people do things right. I can learn from watching other people do things wrong. I can learn from people who are 20 years younger than me, 20 years older than me, people who have completely different opinions. Those are the things that are that keep marketing fresh and keep you making progress because you know that there's always more to learn and you welcome everyone as your teacher. Yeah. You know, I think a huge turning point for me in my career was when I finally realized I didn't have to be the only one that had the solution or had the big idea. When I started having the humility to just ask better questions that brought more ideas in curiosity and just even conversation and collaboration out in other people, clients, team members, anyone. That was key. Not only did it free me up to not have so much responsibility and pressure on me, but all of a sudden more ideas, right? Are being poured into the pot. And, you know, just that key of being like, wow, a good idea can come from anywhere. You just have to have the humility to be able to receive it and see it for what it is instead of thinking like that pressure always has to come from you. Right. And there is that that fun piece of marketing that's like, oh, we're the creative people. But you know what? You don't have to be that one all the time. Like you said, why not bring in as many fresh viewpoints as possible? Doesn't mean you have to agree with any of them or all of them, but being open to listening gives you so much more to work with. Yeah. It, And also, I think it helps you choose great collaborators for different situations, right? And they might be outside of marketing. And so, for instance, somebody with big, visionary, creative, bold ideas might not have the same type of gifting around tiny experimentation, innovation, and optimizations that eventually make the campaign the biggest it can possibly be, right? I mean, there's just so many nuances to marketing, and you have to bring in that myriad of different viewpoints in order to get all of the squeeze out of the lemon that you can. I think there's another aspect of humility and it leads actually into our next talking point, which is around being a strategist, but still being willing to roll up your sleeves. Yes. So we hire chief marketing officers here at the Marketing Blender who are incredible strategists. They know how to zoom out, get the big picture, be visionary, deal with the complexity of strategy, but they're not afraid to get down in the weeds and actually do work, get stuff done. It's not just about you know quality control or project management or watching to see what's happening, but being able to actually execute and move things forward. Nobody's too big, nobody's too smart, too advanced to be able to get down there and actually in the trenches do the work with their people. This is obviously a characteristic of a good leader, Yes, you should be protecting your time and making sure that you're focusing on the right things, but there is no aspect of marketing that's so small that it shouldn't matter to you. Absolutely. I mean, just so, so critical to get in there because it doesn't matter how good an idea is if you can't launch it and you refuse to pay attention to it and manage the details, there goes all of your ROI. Okay. The other one I want to dive into is people need to love this 
right? I mean, you're in marketing, love what you do. Or if you're not in marketing and you're a leader and you're listening to this podcast, love and respect your marketing. It is what is selling for you when you're not in the room. It's what's stewarding how you are perceived all of the value that you create for others and it represents the culture and the connection that the existence of your business actually represents it's so exciting and important and it's worthy of love and passion and so this really goes back to creating that space right being optimistic having a healthy mindset i mean this layers into so many of the things but you have to allow yourself to get unshackled from stress and perfectionism and the things that bind in a negative way and go i really do love this and find the opportunities and find that because love blossoms things, right? I mean, it makes it bigger. It, it creates energy and shares energy with other people. And so allowing yourself to go, you know what? I really do love this. Like sometimes it's hard or sometimes it's complicated or sometimes I don't know how I'm going to figure this out, but gosh, like allow love to fuel you through that, you know, those components. And knowing what you love and what you really don't love about marketing helps you be very strategic in what you build systems for. So the things you don't enjoy doing, build the systems that make those things easier. That's what's going to free you up to spend more time and more focus on the things that you really, really love. Yeah. Okay. I've just got to bring this up. No one should ever let me run Google AdWords campaigns. Ramsey right now is probably dying laughing watching this, but you know, but loving marketing gives me the freedom to ask embarrassing questions of, okay, why did you do that? Or what are you thinking? Or how do we do this? Right. You know, but also to be really enthralled with his mastery and the things that I don't know, but I can still be a good collaborator for him, even though I can't do what he does, but it is that passion for what's possible, you know, like from all of the different, you know, team members that make success up. So that's another good point. There's always somebody who loves the part of the job that you hate. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Find those people. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't matter if they're in-house or external. Find those people. I totally agree. Okay. So our final one, which is near and dear to my heart is one of our core values. And it's about the dedication to pursue mastery. Yes, the company is worth it. Yes, the results are worth it. Worth it. Yes, you're being paid in order to generate return on investment and help your company thrive and grow. But you deserve to thrive and grow as well. And your mastery deserves an amazing mindset. Only you can come up with your way of thinking, your giftings, your contribution. And so you deserve that investment in all of these different things that we've been thinking about and in continuing to grow it and never just getting buried by the to-do list that you're not constantly learning. Now you really, really go into the deep end with mastery growing. I mean, you will learn softwares, technologies, you'll get into the back ends of things. I mean, you are never satisfied with, oh, I'm good. Like prom queen wave. Like I've accomplished, you know, like a certain level of mastery. And I love that because the truth is there's not a finish line to this. There really isn't a finish line to mastery. And that's one of the distinctions between the pursuit of excellence and the pursuit of mastery. You can achieve individual excellence. There's a 
standard, there's a bar, you can hit that. But mastery is the never-ending journey. And it's something that doesn't just impact you as a person. Mastery will always have an impact that radiates around to everyone who surrounds you. It's something that is typified by always pursuing additional knowledge, embodying that as wisdom and how, how you act it out every day. You're going to be someone who always finds new ways to do things. So a master is not just someone who knows how to do things one way, but someone who can innovate, someone who can teach others, and someone who can grow the domain of expertise beyond where it was when they first found it. Mic drop. I love it. So the thing is, as we wrap this up, you guys, we actually have action items for you buried in this list. What I would challenge is take a peek at the show notes and at the chapters in this show and assign yourself some goals or action items, especially since we are in the beginning of a new year where you can really create some specific uh, support for yourself to embody this elevated mindset that not only will unleash your best work, but it will unleash your biggest joy. We'll see you next time. Onward and upward.